the Lord bless you, my beloved brothers and sisters, and as well, all those that tune in to the reflection, to all of the listeners, a very special greeting to you all. May the Lord be with you all and give you great wisdom and intelligence to understand all regarding the path of the Lord. Today, we are going to, better yet, in questions and answers, we're going to be giving answers to many questions that I receive. And with this as well, we learn the doctrine. And the first question that I received, they wrote me, when a person sneezes, if that is being rude, and someone answers, excuse me or bless you. And if no one answers, is that good or bad? Well, I think this question is very simple. Very, let's say, that surely anyone can understand or comprehend. We know that, yes, it is perhaps in public, it is rude to sneeze before others. When you cough, perhaps, or even if you burp, all of this is perhaps rude in public. But your body deceives you sometimes, and you can't control this. And not being able to avoid it, this is done before others. And others say, bless you, or excuse you, and saying, don't worry, it's okay, what just happened? This is normal, this is our body. And people say, excuse you, not that it's obligated to answer back. There are places, towns or cities, countries, that when someone sneezes, they say, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, because they themselves know they did something perhaps improper or that it looks rude before others, or it's not hygienic. So don't worry if you answer back or don't. But that is the question. Is it rude? Yes. But since we can't avoid it, we say, excuse me. And yes, hope that's understandable. Another question that I receive, someone asks, can they or not wear open-toe shoes or sandals when you go to church or when you arrive to the temple? The women, if they can wear sandals, open sandals. I would say that it depends on the climate or the location. Because if it's a place that's warm, a hot climate, where everyone, the women especially, wear sandals or open-toe shoes, flip-flops, however you want to call this. In the same way, this is what they're wearing and they go to church. And it's not that it is a sin before the Lord, because we are not going to think that everything is a sin, to form everything being a sin. It depends where the people live, and that's how you dress accordingly. Of course, in the church, we teach that you have to dress moderately, that you have to dress, a woman especially, cannot enter into the church, for example, half naked. So there they're going to enter with short shorts or with a see-through top or little strap top or the men are half naked, this is not proper. 
And the women should always be decent in their way of dressing when they enter the church. Those outside the church, they are free to dress how they want. But there are women who always are respectable in the way they dress and want to constantly please the Lord in every aspect to not draw attention to themselves, especially attention of men, simply that they are unnoticed when they are walking in the way they dress when they are walking around. But in the church, it is expected for the woman to dress correctly, that they are not wearing low-cut shirts or strappy shirts, showing their arms, uncovered chest, or their necks, because this is not proper, and especially in the church, being a place where men and women gather together, the children, the youth, and we have to be careful in this aspect to not draw attention to yourself so there's not any scandals. Another question, to wear skin-tight jeans or if they are ripped jeans, you, those jeans that have a lot of holes in them as if it's something old or deteriorated because that is what is fashionable or in style. Is that what, good or bad? Is it a sin in the church to wear this type of attire? Is it bad? Well, I think everything that is exaggerated is bad. All that is done in a way that is exaggerated is not right. Perhaps with this, you're not going to lose your soul before the Lord, but you are going to draw attention of others. And that is displeasing because according to how you behave in your daily life, in your everyday dress, the way you speak or act or proceed in this manner is your personality. And in this way, they're going to categorize you of how you are spiritual, how truly you are searching for the Lord and want to please God in all aspects. So a person, man or woman who want to please God, they dress in a healthy way, righteous, proper, decent, in a way that is unexaggerated. This or completely ripped jeans is simply what's in fashion. Those who act crazy or those who simply want to dress what's in style. But if I search for the Lord and want to please the Lord, if I am a woman who is proper, then I as well choose the way I dress, whether it be so that it can be decent because that is what is in my heart to offer the Lord. And this I show exterior in the way I dress. So therefore, these things, it's not that it is sinful, but that it draw not attention. For example, skin tight jeans, it shows your body. And there you are walking, you're in any place and you draw attention of men. You're provocative in this attire. Men are provoked by the way you dress. They say something to you. They disrespect you. All this happens. And let us think, what would the Lord say of me? This woman is not a candidate for the kingdom of heaven because she does not begin to live a decent life. But there she is in scandals, the mind and the spirit of others for wrongful thoughts so that they think and desire things that are not of God, but are of the flesh. 
So therefore, wisdom above all things, be prudent, proper, decent, not to exaggerate in all things, not to enter into exaggeration, to live in the middle ground. As well, I am asked if going to work with leggings or with tight sweatpants. Well, you're free to wear how you want when you go to work. But if you want to be someone who draws attention to themselves when you are at work or when you're walking around of those that surround you, you want to draw attention and you want to be categorized as someone who's easy, an easy woman, someone who's crazy, then that's your problem. That is at your own criteria. But perhaps you lose respect and value, and perhaps you're not going to have authority to speak or teach or correct or guide when it is needed because no one is going to believe you or accept your words because according to your dress and behave, that is how they categorize your personality. So therefore, as I say, it's not that we say it is a grave sin or that it is going to take you to hell or be condemned. No, but be careful because when you begin a life in this manner of being decent, respectable, the people value and respect you and the Lord will see you with good eyes and the Lord will trust you to give you a spiritual life abundant in gifts and will bless you in your life, giving you triumphs and victories in your life. All of this as well, the people will see in the way you act. Look for the blessings of God or better yet, look for the Lord to turn away and not bless you. Other persons say that, Oh, they asked me if you can wear leggings or those tight pants to go to work. And if they wear a long coat or jacket, yes, you can wear a long shirt or a long jacket so that from the waist down, you're a little bit more covered and that way you're not drawing attention or being improper or drawing attention. And being at work, you're working with many co-workers, many people, those who are not of church. And if they invite you, your co-workers, or can you participate is a question. Can you participate? Yes, some things, not all things, not all invitations. Because if you're in church and you're looking for the things of God, searching for the things of the Lord, looking for the spiritual, and they invite you to a club or we're going to a party, we're going to get drunk and drink or happy hour to these types of invitations, you cannot participate in these things because you're in a plan of pleasing the Lord. So you cannot share in these activities. You have to turn away from this so that people know who you are, that you go to church, that you are a part of a religion where you cannot accept all these invitations, these activities. So no one should feel ashamed of declaring their identity so that this way there are no problems. No one can mock you or invite you, but that you're respected. They respect you and know that they cannot count on you for these type of activities. These things you have to gain. 
You have to have that moral authority from that first moment. And this way, the people will see you with respectable eyes. I never had these problems in my life. I was with many people of the world, studying, working, and they all knew who I was. And they never mocked me. They never disrespected me. Or did they ever invite me to these things that are inappropriate? Because they knew they could not count on me with these activities. So they respected me in all ways. If these things occurred, I'm a human being. And I thank you as well. You know how to behave. You know from the beginning how to identify with others in your good example and testimony, because if you do not give a good testimony, who's going to believe you or respect you that you are of a religion and that you cannot do or shouldn't do certain things. So this is what happens as well. There's a sister who asks her husband, well, they both go to church. They both are believers, but that they ask if the husband has the right to control her time. She says he controls her too much. What time she leaves, what time she comes back, how long does she take, who is she with? And she says she feels controlled and she gets upset and she doesn't like this. So I don't know if this sister has not heard the teachings of regarding marriage, has not heard that when a man and a woman marry, that the woman has to have certain submission or respect or submit in a certain way or respect towards her husband. And that the husband is the head of the household, not the head of the house and the family, the expenditures or the obligations in the house. That's not the household. The household is the formation of the family, the, when they both unite as a couple and they began to form a household. If there's children as well as a household, household is an abstract word to mix this with the house. The house, they say, Oh, who orders in the house? Well, the husband is who orders. No. Who administrates the woman who does the administration? She's in charge of the obligations, the chores, the bills. Who does this? If the husband wants to assist, that's great. And if he can't, then maybe she'll hire someone to help her. But she is the one who orders. But who is the head of the house? The head of the house is the man. Because the Lord installed this from the beginning. That the man was the head of the house. Just as our Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church and we are the church and Jesus Christ is the head just as the head he deserves respect that we submit that we value that we honor and respect so imagine as well the husband who's the head of the house I am speaking of men who are Christian men of God women of God Christian women because I am not speaking that the women are of God, women who are looking for the Lord, and the man is not. The man is not spiritual. He is simply a man given to the pleasures of the world, to fornication, adulteries, many other things. Then I am not speaking of that type of marriage or that type of couple. I am speaking of all that is within the church and they both are in the church that they both should learn the teaching that the woman should learn the teaching and respect her husband and value him. So she should not feel controlled. That is normal that he controls her time and ask, where are you going? Why do you have to go there? Or where were you? Why are you late? 
because that's also improper that the woman do these things and that better yet she becomes angry. Why? Oh, I feel controlled. No, that is the obligation. That is the obligation. If not, she needs to read the, in the Bible, all the advice and the obligations that the Lord gives us of how we should live as a wife and the husbands as well, how they have to live in that household. Each one, it, it corresponds certain obligations and they have to fulfill them because in this manner is how we please the Lord as well. Another question. The last one of today, because I say I received many questions, but little by little, we will eliminate them. Another question that states, is it correct that parents bathe naked with their children? Is that correct? That is incorrect. And if they're asking me, brothers and sisters who are of the church, it is strange to me that they have not read in Leviticus, in the first books of Moses, where the Lord gives the moral rules. The Lord there teaches how they had to live, the men and women, what were the obligation of each one, living their life correctly. And there it states immoral rules. So it is immoral that adults bathe naked with a child with a bath or a shower or a pool or a jacuzzi or a tub anywhere, a river or wherever to bathe naked. That is improper. That is immoral. The Lord teaches. And I would like for you to reread there in Leviticus where it says moral rules, reread these moral obligations. The children should not see the nakedness of their parents nor the parents, nor the children, or the brothers and sisters. The adults should not see the nakedness of their brothers and sisters. Uncles, aunts, nephews should not see the nakedness of others. There are the rules. There are the commandments. Clearly, our Lord teaching. So that is immoral. It is incorrect that parents should bathe in the shower with their children, small children, either way, there's nakedness. That is immoral. We should not do this. Reread the Bible. Very well. Now, we finish our questions and answers. I hope you have understood me. I hope that I was clear. But now let us finalize in our reflection of the Bible. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. In verse 21 through 25, let us reflect in these few verses that the Apostle Paul gives us recommendations to the church. He wrote during that time during the church of Ephesus, the problems during that time as well are for today. The situations that live during that era are the same of today. So the doctrine continues forevermore. The doctrine that is many centuries of being written and taught by the Lord to man, to the people, the apostle Paul taught today, the Lord teaches us as well the same for today. The same occurrences happen. The apostle Paul in the midst of his recommendation that he gives to the church of Ephesus, to the brothers and sisters. He says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Verse 21, 
submitting to one another in the fear of God. Value each other, respect, obey, pray one for another, give counsel, advice for one another, assist one another. Wives, we're speaking of women who are believers of the gospel, married with men who are believers in the true gospel of the Lord. For they is this teaching, not for the people who do not know the things of the Lord, but the believers of the true gospel of the Lord. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. If we are submitted, submitting to the Lord, we submit to God. If we adhere to the Lord, we feel support from the Lord because he is the one that protects us. He is our support. With he, we feel trust, sure, certain. So it says in the marriage, the wives are going to feel the same from her husband. So the man is strong and he protects her. He comforts her. He gives her what she needs. He gives to her respect and value. It is this. And the woman has to answer or respond with the same. So wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. 23. For the husband is the head of the wife. Remember, we are speaking between Christians of the true gospel of the church. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And the church is the body of Christ. And he is the savior of the body. As this example, then we, the women in the church, we should have our husband in the same esteem, respect him, value him, and submit to him, adhere to him, for he is the person who is going to be there protecting. And the woman, the Lord taught this way. Just as the Lord is the head and we have to submit and support, feel support from him, the married woman with her husband. Verse 24. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Subject in everything. So the woman, the sister that asked, the husband controls her. Well, you are the one that is mistaken because your husband is controlling you because you can't govern your own self. You now have a boss, let us say, or someone that supervises your husband. He controls you. And you have to, with great humbleness and simpleness, explain to him what you're going to do, why you went, why you left. This or that. Always be in agreement together. Be in communication. But always she has to, the greater part of giving account to him, let us say, account to her husband. If she is going to, let's say, negotiate a business, she has to ask her husband for his opinion or his advice. All of this is submission or subject to if something bad happened, who is she going to share with? She's going to share with her husband. How do we resolve this? Look at what happened to me. So he's going to have words of comfort or a solution to the problem. Let's do things this or that. So there, 
There you have, that is be subject to. Who to help you and counsel you and advise you? Who knows more and who's stronger than you? And he can help. This is what it means subject to. To be subject to the husband does not mean slavery, to be a slave to. Because there then, yes, we feel a certain way slaves of the Lord, but he does not enslave us. We're free. But yes, we are the servants of the Lord. We love him and we want to do good because he loves us and gives us the best. So a husband, a Christian man, a man of God gives the best to his wife, offers her the best, has the greatest care for her, fights and makes every effort so she not lack anything. This is what it, marriage is, a true marriage between Christians, between men and women who are of God. So they have to fulfill the rules that the Lord ordered. We have to fulfill them. So I repeat, therefore, just as a church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, for they as well, there are regulations. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, gave his life for the church, just as the men should give their life and give to the wife and love her and take care of her. That is the obligation. So you see that it's not a slavery. On the contrary, love and there are the obligations that the Lord teaches and all that God teaches is perfect before the Lord does not want to enslave anyone or want anyone to suffer any consequences. So the Lord, when he instilled these laws in the marriage, placed them, he was right and did so for the benefit of men and women. And when a man is of God and a woman is of God, they are very happy. I know in the church, many marriages, many couples who are very happy. They love each other profoundly. They have children and they both fulfill these regulations that the Lord has ordered. He is a husband. She is a wife. He is a married man and she is a married woman. This I have seen. But yes, all this is reached having the Lord in the heart. And with his help, it can be done, all these things. So I invite you to read the Bible, learn, and as well ask of the Lord to be able to live this marvelous life as a couple and have happiness and feel happiness to live one for another. This can be reached. It is possible. So do not doubt this can be done with the Lord. All is possible. May the Lord bless you all. Let us pray to our Lord to ask of our Lord for our needs, for our petitions, the desires of the heart and for any illness. Blessed Lord, all powerful father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We ask, O oh Lord, in this moment that you hear our prayers, our calling, our pleas and our petitions. We present ourselves before you to give you thanks above all for you allow us to give this reflection and 
to think about all those things that we do or don't do and our mistakes and all that is inappropriate. And you teach us to live a holy and righteous life. You teach us to live a correct way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for you've given us the opportunity to know your path, to know the Bible. And in this, we learn many marvelous things, values. Lord, we are happy for we have found the path of happiness. Thank you, eternal Lord. Allow, Lord Father, that many men and women arrive to your knowledge and they are able to understand and comprehend this doctrine and put it into practice so they may be happy in their life. Holy Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your mercy and for your love. Asking in this moment, O Lord, that you extend your healing hand. You as a divine doctor, extend your healing hand upon all women, children, the elderly, men, everyone, those who have an illness, diverse disease. Jesus, that you heal them, deliver them, that you remove all pain and suffering, all incurable disease, your hand of power, cleansing, delivering all curses and spells, witchcraft, that you break every chain and shackle and spiritual bondage, remove vices and addictions in the children and the youth and the youth, Lord, men and women remove many vices, Lord, destroy all work from the enemy, give them peace, joy, happiness, deliverance in their bodies, physically as well as spiritually as well. Thank you, Holy Father. Look, O Lord, the petitions and the needs that each person has, the desires of the heart. Grant, fulfill the promises and grant all needs. And look as well, Lord, the desires of the heart. Thank you, my Father. In the glorious name of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, amen. Glory to the Lord. Let us sing to the Lord, chorus, 172 with title I know that you are here I know that you are here Yo sé que estás aquí Señor Yo sé que estás aquí Yo sé que estás aquí Señor Yo sé que estás aquí Mi alma te alaba Mi alma te alaba Mi alma te alaba porque sé que estás aquí. Mi alma te alaba, mi alma te alaba, mi alma te alaba porque sé que estás aquí. Yo sé que estás aquí, Señor, yo sé que estás aquí. Yo sé que estás aquí, Señor, yo sé que estás aquí. Mi alma te alaba, mi alma te alaba, mi alma te alaba, porque sé que estás aquí. Mi alma te alaba, mi alma te alaba, mi alma te alaba, porque sé que estás aquí. Glory be to the Lord. Thanks be to our Lord. May the Lord bless you all greatly. I love you all. And until the next time, thank you.